Welcome to Combat Files. I have a really exciting guest on for this week. Um, he's not only become a very, very good friend of mine, but he's, he's provided me a lot of support in my bounce back in the last few months. His name is Laurent Kababe, and he is the CFO, or was the CFO, um, for Louis Vuitton in Brazil, South America. Laurent, very welcome. Warm welcome to the show. Um, I just want to start uh, by um, asking you to introduce yourself and, 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 and tell us a little, about, a little bit about yourself, please. Sure. Well, good to be here. And um, it has been quite a journey for yourself and, and I, as we are both uh, pretty much on the same page in terms of uh, creating, um, um, using some creative work and, um, you know, uh, having creating creative moments together, so to speak. Sure. Um, so, as you said, my name is Laurent, Laurent Kababi. I have been working uh, former, formerly with uh, Louis Vuitton. Um, I stayed with them for 10 years in three countries. And my last assignment with them was in uh, Brazil, South America, in charge of the uh, South America region as a CFO. It's been quite an interesting journey working for luxury and the fashion retail. And um, my background, I started, um, I call myself a professional nomad. Uh, I lived in five countries and I traveled to many more and perhaps I'll be getting the opportunity to travel yet to more um, countries in my life and living more in, in, in different places. Anyway, um, so I was born in Lebanon. I grew up uh, in the middle of a civil war. And um, eventually I wanted to um, become a international person growing up in Lebanon. And that was um, hard to, um, to do, obviously getting out of your comfort zone and leaving your family for the first time and, you know, going to another country. But what is interesting is that um, I had this um, vision, this insight inside of me that I'm going to become a global person. And I kept on listening to this um, voice and, and lo and behold, I, eventually I managed to get out of Lebanon and I moved to Australia as a student. I moved to Australia. I stayed there for a few years as a student. I finished my education and I've done an MBA and I fell in love with the country and I didn't want to leave it. So it was hard for me to do that. And, you know, when you are at risk, uh, you, wanna, you don't want to come back to Lebanon. You are in a much better place. What do you do? So you want to get resourceful. Eventually, I end up um, venturing out to um, study to become a cook after completing a master's of business administration. And um, eventually, I managed to actually, um, you know, acquire the um, the the um, the residency. But um, there was a lot to read, obviously, between the lines. Um, so I progressed with my career in, in Australia, stayed here for about close to 12 years. Um, I moved up the corporate ladder eventually, and uh, my last work was with uh, job was with uh, Toyota. I stayed with them for a few years. At some point, um, that whole thing with um, uh, globalization and being an international person kind of uh, started coming back to me and 
this this um, this parasite inside of me, this this fire inside of me, never never went to sleep, so to speak. So um, I wanted to get out of the country and go and start expatriation experience, but that wasn't possible through my company, and I was in my comfort zone, and you know, good job with interesting perks and. You don't want to leave that, and you have a you have a community around you that is discouraging you, and encouraging you more to stay in here and just you know continue doing what you what you should be doing, like them. But that wasn't enough, um, so I end up um, obviously um, not taking the risk in the first place because it wasn't possible for me to get transferred through Toyota. And I had to go on my own and look for a job elsewhere um, internationally. But I stayed um, in Australia, in Sydney, for a few years after that, until um, it got to a stage where I could not, um, I could not bear the, the pain. I was going, it was during the um, global financial crisis, right on the back of that. So pretty much the same time as now in terms yeah. of um, negativity and negative energy in the world and all that sort of stuff. And um, yeah, so I ventured out um, on my own. Um, I took some unpaid time off and um, I moved um, out of um, Australia. I went to Dubai and lo and behold, I managed to find a job with Louis Vuitton. Um, and this is when I decided to jump ships, come back, leave my job and um, uh, return there. It was a quite an interesting journey. I started with them in Dubai. I stayed there for about four years. Um, overseeing the, you know, supporting and overseeing the finance for uh, the Middle East region. And from there, I moved to North America. I stayed for close to two years. And from there, I moved down to um, Brazil. And now I'm back full circle to Sydney, Australia, with a completely different mindset, a different human. We were just talking earlier that um, the person that we are right now, even the cells that we have in our body, is not the same, are not the same cells that we had I don't know, maybe six months ago or one year ago. So imagine 10 years. I've been having that journey for 10 years of expatriation. 10 years, three countries, and prior to that, two countries. So uh, here I am, um, like I said before, starting a new um, life, a new venture, basically. Yeah. It's interesting. I, you know, we, we have discussed this a lot in the time that we've um, connected. And I'm, I'm really curious about... Uh, your mindset uh, as you were moving across the world from one continent to another, you know, wh what were you thinking? Because the, the mindset is, I want to touch on that because obviously you took a decision and you're here today. And I just wanted to really uh, sit in your brain and I wanted the li listeners and the viewers to be under to understand where, where you were mentally while you were traveling across the world. Mm. The you know, one thing that um, I always say to people, especially the ones that I work with, um, whether in the coaching arena or even in corporate, your values are like your blueprint. Mm. And that's what got me to make all the movement that I have made in my life. If you don't live a life, I feel, if you don't live a life following your values, it's like, it's like, it's like not, not finding fulfillment. So um, a lot of um, thought leaders out there, they speak about the notion of the art of fulfillment, the art of fulfillment. And the art of fulfillment, from my understanding, is how to live a life 
in line with your values and being able to honor that most of the time and therefore feel fulfilled most of the time. So going back to your, your initial question, one of, my, one of the, my, my most eminent value, my most important value that I have is the value of uh, globalization, being a global person, so to speak. So experiencing different cultures, different languages, different um, paradigms, um, ex 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 experiencing places where everything works perfectly and other places where nothing works and how you're going to navigate through that. Um, so so it kind of a duality between the world. And I wanted to experience both sides. And I did with the places that I lived in in my life. So that was the, the biggest driver that I've had behind the decision that I've made. And the other thing is that that sense of um, that sense of adventure. So, um, you know, we all have that kind of uh, that, that that kid part of us. And that kid part of us is when your creativity shows up. That kid part of you is when you're, you know, I, I mentioned to you yesterday, when you are dancing, when you are laughing, when you are uh, jumping, when you are uh, completely in your, in your creative mind, so to speak. That's the kid part of you. And um, in my case, the kid shows up mostly when I am close to nature, another value, when I am adventurous or when I'm, you know, I don't know, playing music because I do. Um, listening to music, all these sort of stuff. So when I get an opportunity for me to move from one country to another, holy cow, I get to restart my life. I get to push the button on my life and show up in an environment where no one knows me and I could start a whole new personality should I choose and, and, and re re reset my life. And I've done that. On several occasions, I've done that. There was things that I knew about myself, I was conscious about, about myself, and I wanted to change and introduce new habits or new, um, you know, thinking, so to speak, or, or way of living, so to speak. Yeah. And I did. And that was quite interesting, quite interesting. So and um, I, I, yeah. I remember, I, I remember that um, you mentioned when you got to South America, Sao Paulo, I think, uh, you didn't know the language. Uh, and, and, and firstly, how long did it take you to, to really sort of acclimatize yourself and, and get into that, into that, into this flow of things? But, you know, and this goes back to the point that you're making, that you're recreating, re-innovating yourself. So that really gave you a very raw blueprint to start from, didn't it? Oh, man. Um, you know, when, when I, before I moved to Sao Paulo, to Brazil, I thought that um, I could write a book about expatriation and being an international person because by then, by then I would have lived in four countries, you know. Yes. <laughs> and little did I know, little did I know, it was the first time that I lived in a country where um, the country is very much homogeneous for fair reasons, and it works for them. Um, it's not very common to find people that can talk to you in English on the streets and in the, in the everyday places, so to speak. So when I got there, I remember like I, I felt like I left one of my senses, you know, the sense of understanding what the heck's going on around you. <laughs> like, like people are walking and talking and you listen to music, you listen to, to everything happening around you and you're just not understanding, like you're not getting it. 
I remember I used to meet with um, several uh, fellow expatriates over there. And these tell me, I just wish if I had a chip in my brain where I can take it off and just plug in the language and I just get on with my life because it's really kind of a disabling, like really it's disabling. Yeah, it I remember when I got there, it was like um, more than 60% of my staff didn't speak a word of English. So I couldn't even communicate with them. Uh, so this is where the kind of the turmoil started. But um, your question was how to blend in, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, well, it, it, it's it's not that simple, huh? It's not that simple. Uh, obviously, uh, you just have to keep on pushing forward and see that there was there was a target, there was a vision that you want to get to, um, and you just keep on heading towards that north star. And where you are right now, it's is a place which is really kind of uncomfortable. And it's funny that I'm, I'm talking about this and I'm thinking about actually what I have, what I am going through right now, which we can talk about that later. Mm. So it's, it's a place where it's kind of, um, I don't want to say dark because obviously the place is not dark. It's an amazing place to live in by all means, but the experience that you're having in terms of you being able to communicate, you being able to um, project your emotion, your thoughts, everything and anything related to that is not possible. So uh, what do you do? You just have to start from basic. And you felt like you went back in time in terms of being able just simple things to communicate yourself. I remember um, just to kind of share a quick uh, funny story. Yeah, sure. Um, just to kind of a, you know a, a explain uh, really. Uh, at the beginning when I arrived there, overworking myself, long hours, uh, weather change, all that kind of stuff. I got I got a cold, and uh, it wasn't a corona at that time. We're talking about 2015, right? So. Um, I got a cold and it was a, <laughs> it was a severe cold. And I wanted to go to, the, to a pharmacy. And my, my, my best friend until, you know, until I left there was the Google Translate, where wherever you're going to go, Google Translate is going to save you. But imagine if you don't have reception on your phone, how do you manage Google Translate? <laughs> so I arrived at that shopping center and, and, the, and the reception was barely, uh, was barely kind of... Um, accessible so to speak and I showed up to this uh, pharmacy and I and I typed in I want a um, I want a medicine for cold right and the way it translated it in Portuguese it said I want a medicine for cold as in feeling cold like I'm feeling right. cold so I showed up and I said it with all confidence but with a, with a, with a, with a heavy heavy accent and the pharmacist looked at me like that with like with like big eyes and I, and I realized Something was off with what I said, but I didn't know which part it is because I don't know what I'm <laughs> saying even. So then I started sneezing and coughing in front of her just to kind of uh, illustrate. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, get you get you to work on your non-verbal non-verbal communication. You know your your non-verbal yeah. skills start escalating. So that's the win. So so that that's just a small example of what would you go through in the beginning in order for you to get by, at least in the first few months. So. Back to your question, I, I would say not at least before the first year and a half until I was able to manage to communicate myself with basics, like mm. ordering and, and restaurants and going to shopping centers and doing the retail stuff, to have basic conversations in my case, because I didn't put that much focus on that. I was focused more on work because I was like under the impression that I'm on a mission and all that sort of stuff. Um, it took me about about two years and a half to three years. Are you fluent in it now? 
I wouldn't say I'm fluent, but I am able to understand everything that a person okay. can talk to me, okay. and I can have small conversation to to normal conversations. Yeah, it's interesting because I think uh, one of the things I've just picked up on is when you, when in our five senses, when one of them is down, it's incredible how the other four others just really rise to the occasion, don't they? They just they just they just you know hunker down with all five of them and say, right, we're going to look after you, isn't it? It's survival mode. Survival mode, absolutely. Survival mode yeah. is like, uh, you know, it's 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 amazing. I mean, uh, um, and 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 um, here's the thing. I mean, you you are in a space where a you are not able to communicate yourself properly the way you want to, um, but b your level. So talking about what you said, your level of attention, it, yeah. what they call it in coaching, level three listening. When you are listening with your intuition, listening and guessing what people are saying, because you don't understand what they're saying. So you're kind of guessing what they are saying. Yeah. You are guessing what is happening around you for you to be able to make some sense of it yeah. so you can react to it. Yeah. Things like their physiology and their facial expressions and mm. everything that comes into it. Yeah. yeah. Very good. I, 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 it's, 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 and, and I want to explore this a little bit more. Your, your sort of, I guess your exodus from South America back to um, back to Australia, and I and and this is the real reason why uh, you know I love getting uh, my guests on on the podcast because that reason uh, I guess uh, is the challenge. You know that you were challenged and you were combating whatever you were combating, hence combat files, um, and and so really explain to us what what was the what was the drive behind deciding to to leave and leave that life because you know you were doing well you had gone up the corporate ladder you were you had achieved and you know there were things that uh, any anyone who would look in from outside say wow okay what what was that about mm-hmm. yeah no i mean uh, i got to go back to the same thing that i flagged earlier which is your values in life at some point the value of being an international person, um, the value of living an adventurous life was driving my life, basically. And perhaps it's, it's, it's also what comes with, in my case, came with, with age as well and growth and becoming a bit more, a lot more spiritual. Um, I moved, my, my value kind of not shifted, but I had some evolution in my value of um, influencing others in um, service for others in, uh, um, in, in, in making a service uh, or, or getting people to becoming to become a better version of themselves. I was obsessed with that, of helping people to become better versions of themselves. And um, in parallel, the career that I was in, like fashion and retail, is is amazing place. And... Um, I wouldn't be surprised if I would come back to this career or to this um, industry. Um, but working in finance, um, it's, I've done it for, by that time, I would have done it for more than 17 years across industry, automotive, and fashion. And I think it's, it's time for me to experience something different. So I've learned a lot. It has been a fantastic experience. I think to be proficient and knowledgeable in finance, it's a backbone for you, for whatever business you're going to be doing it, you're going to be doing. 
become you know savvy and a commercial person. Sure. Uh, and I guess I proved myself through the position that I have acquired and through the results that I have um, <clears throat> provided. So it was um, time for me to um, to prove something else. And throughout my last experience with uh, South America, I have tapped too much into which is a, which was a good thing into my um, entrepreneurial side, which most of my parents, all of my parents, um, all of my ancestors, they all come from traders, from entrepreneurs. And in fact, I don't know if anyone from my you know, family is actually a, a corporate person like myself, uh, the ancestors. So I wanted to kind of um, tap into that. And I felt like I need to honor that value of being an entrepreneur, which comes in line with the, being an adventurer. But the whole thing with um, service for others and influencing others to get them to become a better version of themselves was, was really strong. And, and, and I experienced that firsthand when I have done that for myself because I was feeling conflict being in corporate and I wasn't clear what's going on. So I, I went into coaching to experience coaching myself. And this is where I woke up. It was a kind of aha moment and I felt... Wow, this is, um, this, is, this is some cool stuff, man. This is some cool things. So I ventured out out of curiosity and, and I signed up for a, for a, for a, a, a coaching um, course certification. Moving forward in that, in that experience, it got me to start transforming as well myself. Because for you to get the best out of it, you need to have the experience firsthand of transformation. Mm-hmm. So being a, um, being a kind of a participant in the circle and at the same time coaching people in parallel, you start seeing the direct effect on people's life, how they are reacting and what decisions they are making after that. And I felt that that, that, that was really, really rewarding. It took me a while for me to decide to get out of my, what I call it, um, you know, golden cage. (laughs) Um, It took me a while for me to get out of that because there was too much of a competitive interest for me to lose. Too much of a competitive interest for me to lose. So that was fear. Fear, would you say, that that was driving that? 100%. So fear was driving that. Um, too much risk, fear, um, a lot of uncertainty, and perhaps these are part of my kind of negative belief system, like the fear of uncertainty, the fear of the unknown, uh, the fear of people's judgment. So all of these were kind of controlling my mind. These were the sabotaging voices that I had inside of me that were disabling me from pursuing a passion that I had within me. But here's the thing. I always say that um, this, this, this uh, affirmation, uh, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. Right? So, yeah. you, you know, imagine the corona, right? Imagine the yeah. corona. I guess a lot, a lot of people out there would relate to what I'm saying right now. Yeah. So, uh, so well, on that point, I just want to say, say that you know, uh, there's a saying that uh, uh, man man proposes and God disposes. 
So, yeah. 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 So carry on. Absolutely. Sorry about that. I just wanted no, to put no, that no, no, no. I mean, uh, like I said, I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that right now. So I had, I had plans that, hey, I want to move on with corporate and uh, perhaps move back to North America and continue a career with the, uh, doing what I'm doing and perhaps move on the commercial side if I can, but it wasn't possible. So I thought, okay, well, the path that I have with me right now is continuing finance, doing something that I've been doing the last 17 years plus, and I am no longer as fulfilled as I used to be once upon a time or uh, venture out and, and do something else. So I didn't make that call. Here's the thing, I did not make that call because, because, because the fear and, and the, uh, the disabling voice and the sabotaging voice inside of me was significant, significant. So I couldn't move until the, the internal pain started kind of a flaring up, so to speak. I always talk about this metaphor of Imagine that you have a flame within you and this, this flame is your, uh, your passion, right? But if this flame is flickering, the burning sensation within you is not going to be strong enough because yeah. you have that burning desire, they say. So I resemble it to that flame. Yeah. But what happened is that that flame started stabilizing because I've done the coaching. I started having a vision and, and insight on what I'm going to do. And I started seeing that, wow, this is going to be interesting. This is something that, that is in line with my values. I feel passionate about it, but be quiet, Lauren, go back to your job because you got too much to lose. And the flame started stabilizing more and the vision started stabilizing. I mean, becoming more clearer, right? Yeah. And this is where the pain um, increased and it got to a stage where I followed insomnia and all kind of um, symptoms um, kind of a mental distress so to speak until um, it was so much so that I couldn't tolerate it anymore and this is when I decided to um, you know raise my hand and jump ships basically and that's what happened um, that's what happened uh, going back to what we said about um, if you want to make God laugh, tell him about your plans. I had different plans than what it was supposed to be right now because I was supposed to be taking some sabbatical time, but that didn't happen. And um, here I am here in Sydney. I wouldn't say stuck. I'm saying lucky I'm here actually. Um, and, um, and it's just, just a great experience to kind of go within yourself and learn more about yourself and see how you can pivot from this space to, for me to become a better version of myself. Because mm -hmm. I set the standards already high in terms of what I'm gonna be achieving and the kind of person I wanna be in, in my life going forward. Mm -hmm. and, um, and it needs to stay there, you know, that standard. So now it's a matter of meeting that standard. It may not happen yeah. immediately, perhaps not, but um, <coughs> the orientation. And I know that uh, COVID-19 has, has really forced a lot of people to uh, take a hard look at themselves. And, and you're no exception either, because it's, it's, I, uh, in our conversations, you, 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 you've had to really look and dig deep. But it's also, um, I think, knowing you and the way that you uh, present, uh, your, your, and you're very passionate about the material that you have you know, put together, um, 
I believe that you're very, very good at it. Uh, and that that is really where I want to now take this up because, you know, um, you, you went through and gave us a, a, a detailed insight of why you left. So explain to us where, really where you're sitting now in terms of the work that you've done and how you are supporting individuals. Uh, uh, just to, for everyone's sake, I went through a one-to-one -one session yesterday with Laurent, and we will touch on, on some of the things that we um, experienced. And I think it's important that we share that with, with the viewers. Um, and let's start with this uh, phrase, better version of yourself. And there's a lot of stuff out there as people define better version of yourself. In your mind, what is, what is your view of, or, or definition of a better version of yourself? Yeah. You, you, were, you were talking about what I get to speak about and the passion that shows up. The passion comes from the fact that I have been through this journey. So I pretty much talk about my journey and my experience. Not surprisingly, I talk predominantly about fear and procrastination. So how you can cross the line of fear in order for you to become a better version of yourself. So that is what I mean by becoming a better version of myself because um, the, way, the way I present it is you are someone who lives your life in a, in a comfortable space where you are and then you have a desire and depending whether there was too much of a competitive interest for you to, lo to lose or too much risk for you to take, you might come across a fear. And if, you, if the fear or if the risk is too high, you're going to default back to the, to the comfort zone. So that leaves people in a space, in a, in a vicious circle that I stayed in for many years. I stayed in that vicious circle when I was in Australia working for Toyota and I wanted to become an international person and that didn't work. I stayed in that vicious circle when I was in Lebanon and I was young and hungry and wanted to become an international person and I couldn't find a way. I stayed in that circle when I eventually um, started my career with Louis Vuitton and progressed all the way to get to the CFO and then I wanted to have to do something else. So I stayed in that circle many years of my life, many years of my life. And what I'm trying to do is to shorten that, that time for people, that timeline, instead of... You know, taking the natural course of action, I want to make it a shorter version for them. Yeah. So when you're crossing the line of fear, therefore getting to that desire, to that goal, to that passion that you want to follow, automatically you are experiencing transformation. The moment you tap into that transformation, that's how you become a better version of yourself. Yeah. And we can talk about that more, uh, you know, later. Yes. Um, when I when we talk about um, that, that circle of comfort and how you can expand that, and it's interesting because, I, you know, I just want to touch upon my experience yesterday. So, you know, we 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 went through, we identified what my what my uh, goal was, what my desired state was, and then Laurent worked with me, and it was quite emotional. Uh, I, I, you know, I want you to explain because you were on the outside, what you were looking at me, although I was I was. I was um, on the other side of the world on a screen. What were you seeing, the physiology and, and me? Firstly, you know, um, sort of uh, 
facing the, the, the challenge, the fear? And, and what were you identifying? What were you feeling when you were, when you were going through this process with me? Mm. I, it's interesting. Um, I see a pattern that is always repeating in all of us, almost without exception, we have a negative belief system. And that negative belief system creates fears, creates that sabotaging voice that we have. And when, when, is that, when that negative belief system is, is driving some or most of your decision, we get to, um, we get to subside to that fear. And you can see that reflection on the physiology, the way people are, are, are standing, you know, the shoulders shrugging and, and, and uh, not feeling confident, uh, putting the head down. Um, we went through a cycle together. That's what it is. We went through a cycle of going into the inner world, down the rabbit hole, try to understand what is the source, first of all, what is the source of that negative belief system? Obviously, we started with identifying what, is, what could be the negative belief system. Yeah. That's why how we work together to kind of set a, a goal. And we start the session by saying, what if you don't achieve that? And we create a chain. Yes. We create a chain that is driven by yourself. Yeah. And from there, we work on identifying what could be the negative belief system. And that's how we immediately tap into the, the, the childhood or the kind of a early, the early event. day. Yeah. The event, basically. Yeah, yeah. Which, yeah. which, which, uh, yeah, which in, in most cases, it's the same, same pattern. Start at early age, negative belief system get formed, drive you throughout your whole life, um, impede a lot of your decision, a lot of your desires, a lot of your goals, a lot of your um, passion that you want to achieve in life, and you just keep going with your life, um, kind of a playing small, being on the passenger side uh, side of uh, of your of your journey, so to speak, mm -hmm. and not being able to to kind of uh, really um, um, walk the talk, you know, live the life that you want to live, man. Yeah, yeah. You you, you sometimes uh, I use the analogy that you, you you're sometimes on the court. And sometimes you're off the court. Yeah. You're never consistently on the court. And that's what I found in, 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 in myself. Yeah. It's interesting because um, that, uh, that event, that event, you know, that you, stop, you start sort of putting layers and layers of stories around that event. And what happens, it just builds up and builds up and builds up. Uh, yeah. And, and what, I, what I've experienced in my life is... is in, in, uh, up to the run-up of this year is that for a very long time I felt very laden, physically laden down my shoulders, heaviness. And whenever I ever done this sort of exercise, I, uh, it's like you know you it's you feel liberated, you feel very light, you feel um, on a high. It's like someone's put some sort of adrenaline shot in you, and it's 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 an injection that you get. <clears throat> One of the things I wanted to um, uh, actually highlight is is the saboteur. Mm -hmm. if, mm -hmm. Who is the saboteur? Because we identified yeah. the saboteur. Yeah. Before we get into this, and I just want you to hold that thought for a second. Sure. It's, what you said is extremely important um, just earlier, which yeah. is 
you were you you were feeling like you were kind of heavy. Um, you know, what, what was the term that you used? Laden, laden. laden down. Laden right. down, yeah. So, From the shoulder especially. You know, the, the, it's like someone's pulling you. You've got yeah. this weight, mm -hmm, you know. Mm -hmm. um, like, you know, a camel has all this weight. Yeah, 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 absolutely. We, yeah, same thing. So it's extremely important, whether during the coaching or the way we are living our life, for us to be conscious of all of these um, uh, kind of a, symptoms. So yesterday when we were talking and I was taking you to, uh, when we were working, and I was taking you to a specific um, event, whether, you know, event on the upside or on the downside, so negative emotion or positive emotion, I was always asking you, how do you feel? I was asking you, what are the emotions and how do you feel that in your body? And that helps you to be a lot more conscious of, 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 of your state of mind, man. And I, I think it's extremely, extremely important. I do a lot of journaling every day, like yourself. And during that process of journaling, which we could tap into that, I ask myself, how am I feeling and where am I feeling that? Yeah. So you are kind of a kind of a, like a like a radar. You are putting everything on the radar. What am I feeling right now? What emotion am I feeling right now? Name it. And where am I feeling it? And then you can ask yourself other questions. Why and, and where is that coming from? Or if you want to dig deeper or whatever. But just identifying it is extremely, extremely important. And the most thing that you get, or the least thing you can get out of coaching is the awareness. You know, just to kind of say uh, that, that flame or that seed that get planted. Because you can do the coaching the first time, you can get awareness about something, then you move on to another coaching or therapy or whatever it is. And it's all about awareness of where you are right now. Because all the answer, they, I mean, the, the, the coaching um, paradigm that I have followed, which is the CTI, they believe that the client is um, kind of a creative, resourceful, and whole. Yes. So every person should be and can and is capable to come up with their own answers to yeah. all the questions of their life. And the mm -hmm. job of the coach is to direct that journey, to ask the right question, to make the right, you know, um, the right intervention, so to speak, right? Yeah, yeah. without so, judgment. So you're not there to find a solution. You want the person to do that, basically, absolutely. the client to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Got it. And, and, you know, that's what we tapped into yesterday, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So the saboteur, yeah. then. The saboteur, so let's come back to the saboteur. So the saboteur is, um, going back to that negative belief system, is that voice of that negative belief system. I always say that we were talking about that earlier, that people move on with their life being controlled by, this, by the negative belief system. I always use the analogy of the rear view mirror. You are moving forward in your life, looking at the rear view mirror, and eventually what's gonna happen, you're gonna end up crashing, right? Or you're not going to pay attention, or at least you're not going to enjoy the journey. You're not going to be in the moment, so to speak. Um, so the saboteur is that, that inner chatterbox, that negative talk. When you, when you do a mistake, when, you, when something wrong happens, and the negative belief system jumps into your head, for example, you're not good enough, you're not worthy, you're a failure, 
you are um, whatever is that belief, right? Um, yes. You're not, you're not pretty, you're not appreciated, you're not wanted. And then this is the base. And then the, the talk starts, and that's the saboteur. And the job of the coach, or, or, or what, I, what I feel is important, is to identify and isolate for a, for a reason, for a you know, direction to dissociate from that, yourself from that voice. Because before, you and, yet, and that voice used to be one. You, know, you, were, you were one with that voice. And I spoke about that in one of my uh, webinars where there was a neuroscientist who did the work on creating an application, in fact, to help people to identify the emotion and dissociate themselves from the, from the emotion. And that's the same thing, the same principle, where once you identify the emotion, uh, in, in his study, he was saying emotion, the difference between emotion and the feeling is the emotion is driven by the subconscious. You are identified yourself with that emotion that this is me. So if I am helpless or I am weak or vulnerable, that's my identity. But the feeling is your conscious awareness of that emotion. So when you have conscious awareness of that emotion, you are able to objectify that emotion. So now you are extracting it out of your head and you're looking at it. And then you're deciding, okay, is that me? Is that truly who I am? And then you can make the call whether I want to, you know, this is going to define me or not. Yeah, interesting because uh, I, I do want to share this, that uh, uh, we objectified the, that voice and it was a, a mouthpiece, basically. That, so this is where the laugh that is coming sort of from? Sits, yeah, it sits, it sits up here. But, but you, did it, you did it so well because, and, and, and I actually didn't realize that until you just mentioned it to here right now, is that it's, I feel so separated from it. Because it's become an object. Because it's me and the mouth. We're not the same. Yeah. And that is, I think, in itself, a huge um, leap forward when you talk about self-awareness is to say, and it's a great thing to have because you then sit there and you it's a reflection and you can say, ah, OK, is that me? Is, is that really me? Is that it allows you to reflect as a mirror and or do you and then and you went through the process of then um, looking at the positive voice. Mm -hmm. And identify that positive voice. Let's let's move on to that now, because we, mm -hmm. we call that positive voice in my case the voice of excellence. Excellence, yes, yes, sure. So the same the same way we have a negative belief system, we also have a positive belief system. But unfortunately, in most cases, guess who takes over <laughs> the negative belief system? Yeah. And and here and here's the thing. I mean, there the, the, there's science behind it. Like in psychology research. They talk about the amygdala and the, the, the job of the amygdala to protect you. Um, back in the days, it used to protect you from the beast, and now it's protecting you from being uncomfortable, getting out of your comfort zone. So being yeah. uncomfortable then getting out of your comfort zone, this is perhaps where a lot of the activities of the, of the amygdala kicks in and say, right, voice, talk to him. Tell him to calm down. Tell him not to change anything. The way he is right now is, is working. It's not perfect. Is working. So why do we want to change it? Why do we want to change it? Um, funny about working and why do we want to change it? I'm, I'm kind of a jumping to a parallel reality. But back in the days when I used to work at, in, 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 um, in automotive industry, 
um, I worked for Toyota, but they were always um, comparing themselves to, to a, a main competitor, an American company. I don't want to mention that, but they were saying that um, we're not going to be, we're not going to be, um, I mean, you, you would only, you would only fix a problem if it happens. So you don't have to stop the production line. Whereas at, in the Toyota thinking is continuous improvement. So you have to continue, continuously think about how do you improve in order for you to avoid disruption in your production line, so to speak. Yes. So com coming back to the saboteur um, and, and, and the, 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 positive, the positive voice, it's the same thing uh, in a sense that um, the, the amygdala or that, that, that part of your brain, the subconscious somewhere in your brain tells you that, look, you want to change? You want to you wanna go and exercise or change your diet or you want to leave your job? What are you doing? Just stay where you are. It's working. So why do you want to change it? Why do you want to think about continuous improvement? Just get on with life as it is. Um, yeah. Status quo. You are in charge. You know what's happening. Right? So yeah. the positive, yeah. so, so, so whether, whether negative belief or positive belief system, it comes from past experience. And that's, why, that's exactly what we did. We, we tapped into a past experience, but a positive one. A time in your life where you felt at your best. A time in your life when you felt that you are in the flow, you were in yeah. control, you know, you were, um, you know, um, you were proud of yourself, so to speak. Yeah. And we all have these moments. They could be small, they could be large, uh, or they could be uh, just enough for you to feel that there are moments in your life where I was doing well. So when you tap into these moments and try to do the same work that we've done, which is go into the moment identify it, learn what, what were the emotions, learn what's the physiology, peg, anchor that, that scene in your head and then bring up that positive voice and, and, and then kind of tangibilize or objectify that, ten, that uh, positive yes. voice. And then you can use it going forward, so to speak. And that's yeah. the methodology that we've done. And it's in incredible because the-, the How did the that work for you? Yeah, well, it, the, the positive voice, which is, voice of excellence is actually a mountain uh, for me that, st that stands right behind me and keeps me upright. You know, it's, it's that, you know, that force uh, uh, and that mountain potentially could also grow into me uh, as in, as in me being the mountain. What I loved about this process and I, and I, and I really wanted to share this is, is, is the way that <clears throat> you take both the, the positive and negative voices and then you, create a scene three years from now, 10 years from now, and we created that scene. We don't need to go into it in, in terms of what we created. Oh. And then you allow the two scenes to meet each other at some point. Mm. And, and, and the positive speaks to the negative. And, it, and at that point, you basically, well, you tell me, what's, what's that conversation about? Uh, I'm, actually, I'm actually interested to, 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 to hear from you how did that work for you? Not to okay. go into the story, as I said, no, no. it's more yeah. on the, on the, uh, on okay. the you know. So, so I, remember, I remember you asking me to go and visit my, uh, the me and the negative. Mm -hmm. um, and the worst case, in the worst case scenario. You know, in the worst case, in the worst case scenario. And <clears throat> I had a level of anger um, towards, uh, annoyance, anger um, towards the negative, the voice, the mouth. Um, I, I wanted to tell them to, basically, you know, get lost, 
you know, mm-hmm. and, and in, a, in, a, in a much more um, graphic way. Uh, and it, 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 it allows you to actually shed that, 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 that effectively that voice that's tagged onto you, that, that's latched onto you for a whole life. And you, you just, to me, you just, I just watched it wither away. It's not gone away. It's withered away into a small little piece that sits. I know it sits in the corner there, mm-hmm. and 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 that that allowed me to really, uh, you know, just shake everything off. And and you're left with this 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 wonderful scene on the mountain behind you, and you've got all your family there, and you've created this. The, the client I created the scene, and that that really is what it does. It 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 frees you up. You find freedom mentally and a level of um, attainment that is, uh, it, it brings clarity, Laurent, to the view, what you need to do. And, and it takes away fear and it takes away this laziness, the procrastination. I was, tell, I was talking to you about today that we, when we, when we, before we went on the show that, you know, I've made a list of all the things that I need to do. I've already started doing those uh, things that I've been putting off for weeks. And, and just in this morning, you know, I've got, I've got rid of ticked two or three of those items done, gone, you know, and, and, and that's what it allowed me to, in a space of 24 hours. Um, the other thing that I wanted to also share with you was the, the, the positive uh, voice visits back to that child with a gift. And uh, I want to share this, that my, my, my gift to that eight-year-old Azhar was, you know, confidence. And what I felt after our session was that that gift, that confidence, that like, it was like a streak that just came right through the years into me. And I'm looking up ahead and I'm confidently, you know, plodding ahead to map out the road where, where I need to be. And, and that scene that was created. And that, that's very powerful to be able to, to um, uh, how can I put it, to be able to, ultimately what we have, Laurent, is in the process, we created a choice for me. I have two choices. I can take the mouth as a choice, that road, or I can take the voice of excellence. And that choice to be aware of that choice exactly. is key, I think, mm-hmm. In, mm-hmm. In, in the ability to say, I don't want to be sitting in that dark room at the end of my life. You know, you, you, you created that scene. You, you, we created that scene together. You didn't. We did it together. And, you know, it's a reminder that we always have choices. And if we, if we don't, what's the value add? If we take the, 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 the positive voice and what is the cost of inaction if we don't? And that was very powerful for me. Very yeah. powerful for me. No, and, and, you know, um, yeah, go ahead. No, 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 no. go on. No, I, for me, that, that was a, uh, that was a, uh, a real wake up call because, uh, you know, the, the, the whole idea was is to is to step and we talked about the comfort zone because my my issue was the comfort zone is I used to step out of the comfort zone and I used to basically the mouth the saboteur would say nah you're no good you, you, this is not where you need to be and capitulate myself and push me myself back in I've been doing it for years mm. and for the first time really yesterday this morning 
I came out with confidence. I came out and I said, yeah, I'm going to do this. So I'm, and you talk about little millimeter steps, little steps, yeah. little steps. This, and then yeah. you, you, you extend that circle to include those little steps. You just exactly. keep on that's a, that, that little process that you, and this is an evolutionary process that one carries with them right through their life to expand and grow themselves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, powerful. Yeah, no, cheers. Thanks for sharing that, man. And it's really uh, rewarding to hear it from, from you firsthand um, um, on this, um, on this um, avenue. Uh, the, the, the method that I have, that I follow basically, is actually a combination of coaching, NLP, CBT, which is cognitive behavioral therapy, and, and obviously, you know, my, um, um, my experience and my knowledge going into everything to do with uh, the psychological sides and um, um, how the brain function and, and all of that. Um, one thing that um, we need to be mindful of, because there is always aftermath after the peak, and that's 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 how we always say that coaching is a is an ongoing process. Yeah. So the evolution, you becoming a better version of yourself, is not a one-off. Yes. Like it, it sometimes sometimes um, sometimes you need a, a traumatic experience for me to, for you to snap out of something. Let's say. If you're a smoker, you visit a doctor and you say you have lung, lung cancer, boom, you got to change. You got to pivot. Mm. But sometimes it takes time for you to get out of a space where you, wanna, you, wanna, you don't want to be in anymore. Mm. So, but but this, is, this is where the work of that small steps, which is based on, on cognitive behavioral therapy, they, they talk about taking small steps towards your discomfort or your uncomfort zone or towards yeah. your fear yeah. so by taking these small incremental steps you are able to expand your comfort zone and when you expand your comfort zone you are you know your muscles are growing so to speak so you are able to to handle more risk more fear more difficulties and that's the that's the essence of the work that i do because we started now kind of awareness because, you know, when we put up the slide, you will see that my model speaks about, um, you know, awareness. Yeah. And, and then um, or clarifying, basically, what yeah. is the fear? What is the negative belief? All that, uh, you know, all, everything underlying um, negativity and saboteur and, and the voice of the saboteur, naming your fear. And then how to, breaking the pattern, which is what we also did, shifting from negative to positive. But before we break the pattern, we speak about what would be the cost of inaction. So we're flaring up the pain, flaring up the pain. Yeah. And, between, between, and then we break the pattern. And then we, we focus on what would be the positive aspect, the positive mm -hmm. future that you would choose should you continue with this path, so to speak. Mm -hmm. But from there, and this is the part that eventually, the, that would be the ongoing relationship with the, with the, with the client is the process and the action. So in the process and the action, this is where the ongoing work needs to happen. Right. So, you know, what I do is I work with the client, with the, with the person that I'm working with, to really identify where, what, 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 is his, what are his values, first of all, which yeah. is the, the compass. 
where is he gonna he or she gonna be going um what are the values what is the negative belief what is the uh, fear to name it where is that coming from but eventually but once you identify the fear and where is that coming from you start kind of chunking it down into small pieces and how you're going to be tackling these pieces one small step at a time and this is where the process part is you are breaking it down chunking down big projects or big things that you want to be um, kind of a overcoming or, or capturing. So let's say you want to be, become a entrepreneur, start, start a side hustle or something like that. And there is fear, 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 fear behind it. You see a cloud that is clouding your mind. But when you break it down, chunk it down into small pieces, you start learning, okay, well, it's not, it's not that complicated. And then you start targeting every small pieces out of your comfort zone out of your comfort zone. And then with the coaching, so how'd that feel? And you know, the coaching happened around that. How, how does that feel? Where, where were you? Bringing, bringing you back to clarity, to consciousness, to being aware, to identify the negative voice, identify the positive voice. Always be conscious of the two. As you are journeying along your life, you always wanna be aware of the two, how you're yeah. moving forward. Yeah, uh, it's, and it's interesting that, that this is not a one-step process. This is an ongoing evolution. So that support needs to be given. And that was my next question, actually, that this is, you know, in my case, you know, I, I, we will continue to engage and we'll continue to um, uh, evolve together. And I, I think that's really, really key. Um, in, in your, you know, obviously you've, you've come back to, uh, to Australia and you're in Sydney. Uh, and I know that you've got a number of... Uh, plates spinning at the moment and projects that um, we, we are uh, actually there's a project that you and I are going to be involved in so it's, it's, the, it's a men's circle um, uh, project and we haven't really named it yet but you know share with the listeners a little bit um, of what the project is about yeah throughout my experience whether with coaching or even outside of coaching with the people the executives the um, um, kind of whether you are you're a high achiever or not doesn't matter. Um, there, there was a lot of there seemed to be a, a pattern going on for for men to express their loneliness, express their desire to express themselves in a space where they feel comfortable, in a container where they will be feeling comfortable to show up as vulnerable and being okay with that. Perhaps it's where where we are now with the um, with the life um, with uh, with the society with everything that is going on, especially with the pressure that we have from the economy, from providing, from uh, um, Corona insecurity, uncertainty, all of that. I have come across a lot of men that were really high up on the um, on the organization hierarchy. And you can feel that this person actually um, is just a machine. And the machine needs to be oiled every now and then. And oiling that machine could be in a, in a, in a way to as simple as expressing yourself, as, as being okay, not to be okay, being comfortable, getting uncomfortable in a space safe, confined, confidential space, so to speak. Um, and there was a lot of movements that's been happening related to men's circle 
for many years now. Uh, in fact, it's growing more and more and more. And, and at the same time, if we look at the suicidal rate in the world, the highest suicidal rate in terms of gender is men. Um, and we've done our own research together when it comes to um, what is some of the most um, needed um, kind of a emotion, if you want to call it, uh, that our men requiring is the sense of um, belong belongness, right? Sense yes. of belongness. Um, and also one of the things that were high, rated high was, um, was integrity and um, having, um, you know, being, um, having a so goal account, and getting it was, it, it accountability. Accountability. Yeah. accountability. Accountability to a yeah. goal. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, so the idea is to, is to create a circle where people can, like I said, feel comfortable getting uncomfortable, feel comfortable to be vulnerable um, and to show up as, um, as just want to express themselves and connect and relate to fellow men. Um, and at the same time, um, create a space where we could keep men on track with their goals via accountability. Yeah. And we could keep men in track with their with their values in life via focus on their integrity. Yeah. And integrity is, are you, you know, are you in, in integrity with, with the way you want to live your life? Like if I call on the wise part of you, you know, are you in integrity with that? Um, and perhaps you could talk more about that sense of belongingness and, and the, um, yeah. the notion yeah. behind it. So we, we discussed this and one of the words that came out out of that discussion was uh, statelessness, mm -hmm. and uh, and then really the, a, a, deriv a derivative of that was a, a loss of sense of belonging, and I think that the sense of statelessness is not only, and especially you know you coming from Lebanon with your origins in Lebanon, and and even myself, although being born in London uh, originally, we were well, my parents are from India. Um, but 22, 23 years of my life was spent in the Middle East growing up. So I, I am in, in the physical sense stateless um, mm. uh, because I actually, if you think about it, I, I don't belong to India. I don't belong to the Middle East. And although I'm, I'm from the UK, I don't really belong. So I'm, I feel very, from, from a physical perspective, quite stateless. But also um, it, it, the statelessness is, is, uh, could be uh, not, belonging, not feeling that you belong to a group. Uh, whether it's at work or whether it's on a social level, um, not uh, statelessness uh, or a sense of belonging in your relationships with your your husband or your wife or you know your kids and you know it 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 could be any definition depending on the person themselves, and and we had uh, we did the, we did a survey on Facebook and there were what 350 400 people who took part and 35 percent 36 percent was it more than that. That, that, that actually picked a sense of belonging as a, the top problem, um, the top challenge they have within their own life, which is really interesting. And it, it begs the question, what are they doing about it? And, and one of the things that I want to also share with um, you, which I've shared with a, another podcast with um, a guy called Simon Day, was I lost, uh, uh, we, my wife and I lost uh, a son in, at the age of, uh, well, it was about 12, 13 years ago, a uh, long time. 
And many people, uh, uh, many couples lose uh, kids at childbirth, um, miscarriage. And one of the biggest issues is that, you know, the woman goes through uh, a, a, a tough time really finding it difficult. That's hard enough to watch. And that's what I did. I watched my wife go through that, that grieving process. But for men, there is no place to talk about this. There is no space. It's not considered, especially in, a, in the culture, if you look at it from the cultural sense, it's not considered the manly thing to do to talk about your emotions in that way. And therefore, it, it is an interesting um, offering that we give is that, um, and, and I, I actually shared that, um, that particular experience in a, in a men's group that you and I were actually present in. And uh, two of the guys, one of the guys, he was, he, they were going through um, uh, IVF treatment, couldn't have children. And this, this guy just fell apart purely because I had, the, I had the ability to be vulnerable to be able to share that experience. Um, and as a guy, it's, it's, it's considered to be taboo to be able to talk about it, which is something that I think needs to be addressed in society anyway. And, I, and, and especially now with what's happening to COVID, we don't know what, what, what guys are going through because they're breadwinners. I'm not saying that women aren't, but they're, you know, they're, they're, if they are not, I know the impact it has on me as a breadwinner. I'm not working and, uh, you know, my prospects, I'm trying to create those prospects. But, uh, you know, it, 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 it's an, a place to be able to honestly, authentically, safely share knowing that it's not going to go out of that, that room, that container. Now we are, we, you know, you and I are setting this up. So we're having our first, um, uh, our first session on the 24th of June. And I would say to anybody who's listening and viewing this, that you're, you're all most welcome. You can either uh, direct message myself or Laurent, and, you know, we will be happy to have you join us. Um, and, and just, again, let me stress, this is private. It's very confidential. It's this, nothing's discussed outside of that container. Um, is there, is there, was there anything else you wanted to add in to that? It's a, it's a safe space. I mean, it's going to be directed by myself and you. Um, yeah. We have um, already experienced um, in, in this men's circle. In fact, we've been venturing out, getting involved in men's circle. Um, two things I want to mention here. From what we have perceived and what we have seen, you would see a... Um, a, a, a everyday average Joe that you would see on the street showing up in that circle. And like you said, being comfortable getting emotional, being comfortable expressing some of the darkest side of himself. And he knows that I walked into that circle, I got this out of myself, that toxicity out of myself, and it's no longer in me causing poten potential harm really to my body. And the other bit, which is that coaching bit that we were talking about earlier, you are becoming aware of it. So the awareness is the space where you become aware. Because in that space that we are trying to create, when the person gonna wants to blurt about an experience, a negative experience, something um, um, vulnerable or harmful or negative that happened to him, someone's going to be holding that space for him in that group. Someone who knows what he's doing, is going to be holding that space for that person yeah. in that group. 
so so it will you know he will be guided in the in the in the right direction hopefully and um and and just getting it out there getting it out there and feeling and 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 knowing about it so not having it one with you so now it's on your conscious mind i've seen it i've experienced it i've kind of uh, dabbled with it so to speak um the treatment of that of that pain can be perhaps perceived in a different way now you might, you know, a man might need a different step to be taken, but that's not, um, that's not the purpose of the circle. The circle is to kind of create a container, awareness, and a space to, um, to, to, to share and express and exchange, in fact, and support yeah. each other. Uh, but just going back to what you said, this is going to be our initial meeting. We're creating our circle. Um, we are looking into eventually venturing out into different projects, similar to that, but this is part of the spinning place that we are talking about yes. <laughs> earlier. Yeah, but, and, and um, it, it's, a, it's, it's, it's really interesting to watch how people react when you share in that space. Mm. And, you know, there's a close affinity you create, and you, sometimes you don't even know these guys, you've just, you've just walked in first time, and by the time you leave, you have a closeness um, even in the, in the environment of sitting in front of a screen with, you know, eight, nine guys across the world. It's an incredible connection that you have because you, when you share something, they, there's, there's, each group has its own uh, sort of methodology and ways. You, you know, you put your hand up or you put your, you know, thumbs up. And, and, and that's those acknowledgments that I'm with you. I'm with you. I hear you. And that's mm. a great thing to have to be able to say some, to, just to, uh, you know, to, to give direction to somebody. That, Acknowledgement. That I'm, I'm, acknowledgement that I'm, I'm there, I got it, mm -hmm. you know, I'm mm -hmm. standing with you, shoulder to shoulder. You know, it's, it's a fantastic, powerful thing um, to, to, to experience. What next for you uh, in terms of, I know that we've talked about this, and, um, but you know, there's, there's a lot of things we can talk about what's next for you, I think, from mentally and physically and all that sort of stuff, but just generally, what's next for you? And I'd and I like to sort of also ask you for your final thoughts to the, to the viewers, uh, your parting uh, antidote, uh, you know, the message. Um, what's next for me is I am working on consolidating on this um, coaching um, business, coaching, mentoring, keynote speaking. I've been doing a lot of webinars, as you are aware, getting involved with universities or also with professional environment. Um, so I want to consolidate more on that and get more established. But at the same time, I also would like to, you know, venture out and um, and look into new um, opportunities. Um, and one of them is that men's circle, and we see how we're going to take it to the next level. Sure. Um, to make it kind of a unique and differentiated uh, venture. So the more the more uh, people we get to touch, influence, get them to transform. And that's, that's going to be in line with our mission in life. And that's what we have always discussed together. Um, my parting thoughts are, I always say, ladies and gentlemen, um, everything that you ever want is on the other side of fear. And I can talk about that firsthand. You know, I can... Um, tell you that the um, jumping ships or, or, or uh, taking that leap of faith 
is not um, is not a simple task to be done. But I would love for you, I would love for you to get curious. How would that look like before you get to a stage in your life where the pain is going to be so high, so much so that you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna have to shift. You'll be obliged to shift. And then you will be in a bigger mess because you don't know how to do it or you don't know what to do next, so to speak. Um, so get curious. Follow your passion. Know that there was, there was a sabotaging voice inside of you. Get to know that. And know that there is a powerful voice inside of you. So awareness. And... Um, yeah, I guess that's predominantly what I wanted to share. I mean, uh, it's not it's not simple, the space that we are in right now. And everyone, especially with the corona, a lot of people lost their job. Uh, uh, they're experiencing um, kind of a massive transformation and transition and severe, some of them very severe trans- transition, not by choice. And that's even worse. But what would you do? What would you do? This is uh, This is the space where you need to perhaps rethink what you're doing. We need to perhaps pivot on what you are doing and and create and create my friend yeah. so um, um I'd love for you to connect with me everyone um you can find me on social media i'm I'm sure as we're gonna be sharing the details on the comments um and um I look forward to for us to um to share more of our work together with everyone huh? Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, Laurent's contact details will be on the credits at the end of the uh, show and also on the posts that we will put out there. Um, Laurent Kabeb, thank you very much for your time. Uh, I know that uh, we, you know, we have we have a real close affinity. Uh, and Habibi, you know, you, you, you've, you've done so much for me. Um, uh, real respect for you. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. It's good to be here, and thank you for having me here. Thank you. Thank you uh, for viewing, uh, and thank you for viewing uh, Combat Files. Um, this will come out uh, fairly soon, uh, and I re- I'm really looking forward to this one. Thank you very much. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. kind of experience is going to get me to to grow that muscle but I am really guys scared I'm going to be taking a leap of faith I'm going to be jumping and I don't know if I'm going to be falling or if I'm going to be flying but I need to have that faith see you on the other side of the like I'm reborn again I was scared but what matters is that I have challenged my fear that's what matters there's nothing I could imagine I would do in my life and I've done it I'm not the same person that was standing here 
I'm a different person right now. And that's the kind of person I want to take forward in my life. That's the kind of, you know, mental capacity that I want to need in my life to move forward to my next level. My life! Yeah! Woo!